this episode of Testimony and Musician Story presented by Soundseekers. Music producer and Bigger Dreams Club creator Jude shares his Christian testimony. Jude talks about growing up as a pastor's kid, having a hit single as a teenager, creative marketing, and the importance of genuine relationships in the music industry. He talks about his relationships with Ruslan, Stephen Malcolm, and Aaron Cole, among many others. Additionally, Jude shares the song stories of Brighter, Priceless, Stone Cold, and Getting Up in the four-song breakdown. I am Gilika Brown, and this is Sound Seekers Presents Testimony, a Musician Story. Your space, wherever you're at, it looks super dope. Looks like a Oh, thank you. Yeah, this is my studio. It's like, is it narrow? Looks like you're on like a bus or an RV or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so up here is actually my bed. Oh, um, okay. my room. I have a tall room. And then so we like built this little like loft-ish thing in my room. Uh, because uh, like just to have like more space. And mm-hmm. then so I sleep up here and then underneath is, uh, well, we used to, we built it originally like in my studios up there and my bed was down here. I just needed more space. So I just was like, I only go up there to sleep. So, but yeah, it's pretty far. And then, so I kind of got all my lights hung up in here and got my lighting looking right. So it's nice for when I do like lives and just have like any kind of content, like shooting. Like I just like one of my biggest compliments that I get is that my room is like looking A1. So I appreciate yeah, it. <laughs> There's sure. a lot of work that went into it, but yeah. <laughs> well, it paid off. Oh, for sure. <laughs> cool. So let's try to go back. Like, way back um to maybe like the first song or music video or performance like what is your first music memory man okay so i feel like i i started when i was super super young i mean i say super super young i don't know i mean that was like two and a half years ago i was 15 um and i think my biggest music memory was probably um, I mean, I made songs with friends, but we don't really need to talk about that. I mean, it was kind of like garage band phases and stuff. But my first biggest one I remember is uh, I went out to lunch with uh, some of my friends. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to do it. Like, they were hyping me up. And I had made this song. One of my friends like, yo, I need to send this to Stephen Malcolm and Aaron Cole, who were people that at the time I'd listened to for a while. I had known Stephen, like, pretty, like, pretty well. We had hung okay. out a couple of times and um, he's kind of like a big brother to me now. Um, but uh, so <laughs> I had, I had, uh, I had like hung out with him. So I kind of had the connection there. And then uh, Aaron Cole was a friend of a friend. So I reached out to him. I was like, yo, like I want like one of my first songs to have these two big people on it. In my opinion, like that way I could get, you know, uh, more, more reach with the song. And then so it was my song Brighter. And so I literally made that when I was 15. I don't think a lot of people know that. Yeah. And I released it as a single when I was 15 on like one of my first. And then like it later was on like an EP that I had, I took down, like just because it wasn't to the level of where I want my music to be. Yeah. And then so now it's on my album. This is actually the jacket, uh, Nightmares to Daydreams. So. That is so dope. Yeah. Wait, okay. So you said, I want to have these two songs, these two artists on my song. Yeah. And it yeah. happened. Yeah, I, I reached out to, yeah, <laughs> it, it's kind of wild. I reached out um, and literally, like, I, wh- the reason I mentioned that lunch is because literally within 10 minutes, they both responded, like, and like, yeah, let's do it. I'm down. Like, I like the song. And I was like, 
what the heck mm. and then so like that was kind of like the like moments of like me sitting in like some weird restaurant and like like LA which I'm from Michigan but I, I'm, I'm out in LA a lot I'm friends there and so like me sitting in the restaurant like yo like I might start trying to do this music thing like like I don't know like I don't know it was like one like one of those like one of those like epiphany moments like yo I wonder if music like might be like my my thing yeah and so um and I released it, and it's done really, really well. It's got over 250,000 streams on Spotify now, and I think around 300,000 overall. So it's, like, it's done really well. And then later, um, and I got to perform it with Steven um, later that year. Um, excuse me. And I, uh, I got, to, like, in front of, like, like, I think, like, six or 700 people. Mm-hmm. And, like, and we shot the music video the same day. So that was definitely, like, that was like my first like like step little drop. I'm still trying to beat like <laughs> I'm still trying to beat a song. Like I don't think I've had I've had a couple big songs. Obviously, it's had more time to grow, but I'm still trying to, you know, outdo my 15 year old self. Yeah. So <laughs> it's kind well, of well, you kinda, have plenty of time. <laughs> plenty of oh, time. Yeah. To yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's amazing though. That is that is a fire story. That's like <laughs> oh thank you. Yeah, <laughs> that, like, it's super put a smile on my face. <laughs> it's definitely an interesting one of how I, I kind of got started but but yeah it was it was a lot of fun for sure it was fun making it it's weird um that's kind of like how a lot of people um have like been introduced to me and uh it's definitely interesting like performing it with like people and like them like knowing the words like that's still like for me there's okay I've like experienced lots of times like I've signed autographs I've like taken pictures with people but I'm like, yo, I wonder if they know that I still have like chores at home. Like I like, you know what I mean? Like I'm not famous. Yeah. Like I know I'm not famous. You know what I mean? Like like, I still have to take out the trash every Wednesday night. Like, (laughs) I mean, like, uh, and so it's like, it's just interesting to see like how like other people view me versus how I view myself versus how my family views me versus how my friends view me. My friends like, love hate it like they're like so supportive like yo we support you whatever but like they're like (laughs) we will never let you like not be humble because you know what I mean like they were just like like uh they came out to my shows and like uh and (laughs) I had like some fans come up to me afterwards and they were like and then they they mocked me pretending to be fans you know how like these friends go and I was (laughs) just like I was like, I appreciate it though. Like, uh, I don't ever want to be humble. that guy. Yes. Oh yeah, I don't ever want to be that guy that acts like he's bigger than he is, or acts like I have a whole team. Like, I'm an 18 year old in his bedroom. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I know that. So, that's but dope. I'm gonna keep going. I want to be that big guy one day. So that's why I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep hustling. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I mean, yeah. you have a whole like bright future ahead of you. Oh, thank you. Bright, thank you. no pun intended. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so um, we'll come back to the music. Let's talk right. about early childhood. So, well, right now you said you're 18. Yeah. And did you grow up in a two-parent household? Yes. And was it a Christian household? It was. my. Um, so my grandpa is actually a minister, a traveling minister and, mm. and a pastor. Okay. So I grew up probably going to church anywhere from 250 to 300 times a year. So I was yeah. lit. No, like, like I literally <laughs> was in church a lot. Okay. Up. Yeah. And so, um, and my grand, my, not my, grand, my dad is now a traveling minister as well. Okay. So like, um, 
I I don't really I don't really talk a whole lot about it because um and I don't even have my last name like on my artist like page like just because like I don't ever want to like screw up or make uh, a mistake that will ever like lead back to them. Yeah, yeah. Not saying that I'm like expecting to, but just saying like I don't want to be that kid, you know what I mean? And so I want to be respectful of them and um also it's like two different two different uh different uh um markets i should say yeah. like you know so it's definitely um been interesting growing up that but i mean i love it i love church i love i love uh i love seeing that world it's definitely a very interesting growing, being a pastor's kid and wanting yeah. to do music um and pastor's kids pa- pastor kid is a really interesting life people um kind of think they know who you are and people think that they like um they also think that they have a room to speak into your life lots of times and when they don't and so it's it's definitely interesting um it's a very narrow path so yeah yeah. I mean when you were talking about not associating your family last name to your music it just reminded me of the Jonas Brothers yeah I don't know if you know but you know they were pastor's kids and yeah. when they became famous, like their dad literally had to leave the church because yeah. he was just like. That's funny. Ridiculed. We were just talking about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, one of my friends lives in the same, a same apartment building, or used to live in the same like apartment complex as the Jonas Brothers used to. Mm. And and so we were literally just talking about how all that, and I was like, man, I'm thankful that, you know, like I could keep it separate and stuff. So, um, yeah, my uh, my grandpa actually. Um, is like uh has like uh what should i say oh like katie parents katie perry's parents um go to like a lot of my grandpa's like uh services and stuff and so it's very interesting to see like so that is then separate and they're still ministers and so it's like um but it's definitely interesting to see like i don't know it kind of makes me wonder like will i be like that guy one day where it's like will my grandpa like not like or like will my dad my grandpa be like known as like my like my family mm. or you know what I mean because my whole life I've been known that's my huge grandpa <laughs> yes you know what I mean yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> and then so but like my whole life I've been known as oh I'm the past you know I mean I'm the pastor's kid like will one day that be like well I'd be Jude's yeah. grandpa so it'll be definitely interesting that would be interesting yeah. and then growing up as a pastor's kid and the challenges that that has and people speaking into your life, what actually happened to where you really felt God speaking into your life and made you give your life to Christ? Um, I just feel like, Ooh, you hear that voice track. That's crazy. (laughs) I feel like, um, I just at a very, very young age, just like accepted it and knew it was right. I think I was six or seven. And I've never really, I mean, obviously everyone has their struggles and their, their doubts and their questions, but I've been blessed with really like never having a moment where it's like, you know, I don't think God's real. I don't think God's there. Like, um, I just have too much proof in front of my eyes, Mm -hmm. like at all times. Mm -hmm. And so I've really, um, I've really just kind of always been around that. And so um i've never never really really struggled with what decisions to make in that aspect like i've always been very um 
very solid in that, I think. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. That's good. And, okay, so are you in high school or college now? Uh, <laughs> Forgot to put my phone on um, silent. And then oh, no, do, you, do you hear, um, like, clicking, like, going in and out? Like, how's your connection on your end? No, I, I'm I'm pretty solid, I think, yeah. Okay, cool. So, I'm sorry, are you in high school or college? So, I graduated high school at 17, and I started college at 17, and I just finished my first year of college. Um, so, I'm deciding if college is the move or not still. Um, I do, I went to a community college here. I live in the middle of nowhere, Michigan. Okay. And it was definitely it was definitely a a growing year. We can say that because I wanted to do music and really like I'm not going to school for music. I was just going to school to have uh, a a degree because that's the smart thing to do. Which like is it? I don't know. But. Um, you know, I, I mean, the, the conversation, I think, has to develop with time. There definitely was yeah. a time where college was necessary for, like, the majority. Yeah. But I think over right. the last decade and maybe a little bit more, it's been proven that there are plenty of people who can be successful without yeah. college. Um, oh, yeah. So, I mean, it really, because it's not made for everyone. Some people are just entrepreneurs. They know what they want and they Mm. can study other ways. Like you don't have to go to a university to study. They can do life study. Mm. They can do, um, you know, online courses. You can do what you need to do to, to figure it out. Um, Mm. but me personally, like I went to college and, but I studied performance theater which when I was studying yeah. it, this like old man told me like oh you must not want a job <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like thanks old man uh, <laughs> which there was some truth to that I mean when you study anything in the arts it's kind of like hard to get a job yeah. after that but for me it really oh, was no, about <laughs> it's really about the yeah. experience because I left home I was from California left, went to a historically black college in Houston. So it was the college experience that I always wanted, that I always saw on TV. It built me up, gave me character. So it really just depends. So, I mean, you'll figure it out. Obviously, you don't need to go to college for music (laughs) specifically, but maybe there's something within the music as far as like, I don't know, marketing or business or something. But You'll figure yeah, it out. Yeah, that's definitely, I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, right now, <laughs> I'm going for my associates in arts. Okay. But basically, I've done, which is like one of like the easier like, uh, associate degrees to get, um, just because it's not as like taxing. But like literally like this whole next year, I have like entrepreneurship, business, marketing classes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yo, and like over quarantine, I have like, Okay, that's another thing too. I might get a little off topic, but quarantine has probably been one of the best things that ever happened to me. Okay. And the fact of I have never been more focused and never gotten so much done and never been more genuine to myself when I'm creating. Mm. And I've literally just took it upon myself and dove in. And like literally during quarantine, I was doing 10 to 14 hour days every single day. I'm in my room making music. I would, I would, sometimes leave to eat or sometimes just go downstairs get food bring it back upstairs and keep working 
I, I like, I took it upon myself to literally just like, I had so much on the to-do list that I wanted to do. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm going to make content. I'm going to figure out who I want to be and mm-hmm. lay the base down. And so I literally got so much done. It was just perfect. That's and awesome. so um i don't even know Wait, what were we talking about before I, know, I just, <laughs> we were talking about school now. we're talking about school but this ties school. in because um when you were you took this quarantine and you like dove super yeah. deep now did you set daily goals for yourself oh yeah okay look i'll show you <laughs> so i have this whiteboard here and i have another giant whiteboard it's down below my desk and then i can't i don't know if you can see this I have this giant oh, whiteboard yeah. here, has Dang. my schedule, and it used to, this all right here used to be full of things to do. Yeah. And now I only have uh, a couple things to do. So this is my daily one. Okay. And then down there is like my release schedule of things, songs that I'm going to be releasing because I probably have about 100 to 150 unreleased songs wow. in my folders um, just because like I work a lot. Um, and then I have my like monthly schedule. And so I basically, I can be very forgetful sometimes. And so I program on myself for like every time I have an idea, every time I need to, I remember something, every time I need to actually do something, I'm going to write it down. I'm going to finish it today. And it's just about that actually like going out and doing it. I was talking about someone, I was talking to one of my friends yesterday because I'm trying to dive into videography now. I took like, um, all of the all of the pictures you see on my Instagram feed now is like I used to like go out and like meet up with my photographer friends, but now it's literally like my own equipment. Like I'm literally like telling my brother, like, all right, stand right here, don't move, and I'm gonna go get in position and you're gonna yeah. take the photo. Like and so I'm then diving into photography and editing. And then I wanna get to a point where I can do it for videography because I feel like the more skills I can learn, um, first off, it's I'm less I'm less dependent on other people. But mm-hmm. also, it'll be more, it can be a different um, income later on. Yeah, for and sure. And so, um, something I've always wanted to do for, like, a full-time job, is just sounds incredible to me, is literally be a one-stop shop for people. And so, like, okay, let's say, all right, I don't know, Drake. Drake hits me up. It's like, yo, I want you to do my album. I'm like, all right, cool. That means I'm going to produce every song. I'm going to co-write every song. I'm going to shoot the videos. I'm, you know, like, I'm going to shoot the shoot the like the fo- the photos and get the yeah. content for social media i'm gonna sh- you know do all the behind the scenes videos like i want to literally do i'm gonna make the artwork like i want to do literally everything the mixing and the mastering like like everything you can think of that goes into an album i want to know how to do it literally everything so then i can be like all right cool your album all right cool you know it's gonna be seven hundred thousand dollars but i'm gonna do everything for you you know yeah. what i mean so it's just like that's something that's uh it's a lot of skills to learn though it Uh, is i definitely i definitely think that um learning to do it like for myself first which is what i've been doing um a lot more recently uh, i definitely think i have the potential to be there i definitely just need a couple more years to get to what i want to be the level where i'm at but honestly like I've only been at it for a little over two and a half years now. Yeah, I mean, you're um, 18. You have so much yeah. time. And again, that's oh, stuff yeah. you can either go to school to learn or you can just take courses. Yeah. Like, you have time. Like, obviously, you're learning. But I think the, oh, yeah. the original, like, yeah. point of this conversation is that um, 
you need to be learning to advance yourself and it doesn't have to happen in a university. You're doing it right now from your bedroom. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely have learned that like people, I feel like people overthink and they're scared to take steps because they don't know they're going to fall. But I'm at the point where it's like, I'm going to take steps. And if I fall, that's going to mean I'm going to learn how to make the next step. You know what I mean? And then, so it's like, yeah, I might miss some, you know, I might miss some shots, but like, I'm eventually going to start making them because mm-hmm. I know, like, I know what made me miss the shots before. You know what I mean? So uh, that's, that, I mean, that's even with like relationships, like in, in the music industry, that's what songs work for me. What songs did people not like? How should I market my music? What should I, you know, what fans should I be targeting? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what kind of artwork catches people's eyes? Like just all like all kinds of different things. So, yeah. And I also read that you um, are, I don't know if you're a subscriber, but you follow Ruslan and you, um, did you take like advice as far as like the daily setting goals of yourself? Like, yeah, Ruslan, yeah, Ruslan's been awesome. I don't, I don't think, I don't think the daily thing came from him, even though he does, you know, preach it religiously. <laughs> um, I definitely agree with it. And I definitely am a strong believer in it. Um, Ruslan's been dope just um to have kind of like a um a big homie kind of like um feel where it's like i i'm i'm a patron on his patreon um and for me it's like uh you could almost argue to say like someone of my size not i don't know saying that i'm big but like someone of my size would almost i feel like a lot of times like like the the achievements that i've reached a lot of people like me would never really want to be um kind of like a fan like they would yeah. think like uh being on his page and be like a fan move or whatever but for me it's like I don't ever want to be too out like my head be too big to realize that I can still learn and I know how smart Ruslan is and so it's like I always want to get feedback on him and I've learned so much when it comes um uh it's funny like I feel like every like new music or uh, fan love Friday when he does where his music reviews um, I send him my music and he reviews it. He's like, you know what? I love it. I'm gonna put this on the playlist. I'm like, bet. And then we always end up talking like, all right, now how are you marketing it? How are you branding it? How are you? And it's never, his music reviews are never for me, at least I've never really experienced like maybe one or two times. Has he ever like maybe change the mix or rewrite this, but it's never about the music. It's always about how are you distributing the music? How are you getting basically? So like that has been extremely helpful in that aspect for sure. Yeah, always learning, and again, that's always, not a university. Always learning, yes, <laughs> awesome. always learning. Yeah. And how does God's presence look in your life personally, like outside of the music? Um, how does God's presence? I think I'm definitely someone who's experienced a lot of favor, and I know that I've had a lot of favor in my life. Um, I think I have a a high calling in the aspect of I don't know exactly what it is yet. But I definitely think that something I'm meant to be somebody, and I think everyone's meant to be somebody. Obviously, I'm not saying that. You are somebody, I, Jude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm meant to be like somebody that uh, it's a, like a leader of sorts. And so um, I can definitely, I can definitely, uh, the more I lean on God, the more he kind of, he kind of shows himself in my life. And so the more I trust him and the more, I uh, just 
just blindly though with what things he uh things I feel peace about. Um I might not feel like you know like emotionally peace about but I definitely feel spiritually like peace about some of the things I'm like I don't know if like this is the move and I just feel like you know what maybe this is maybe I should do this and there's definitely been times where it's paid off in the long run so um so yeah I think I think not even just music wise like God I think something this is what my my album Nightmares and Daydreams was about was kind of my realization of whoa like God's always there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's something, so my grandpa was preaching this message. Message is kind of what gave me the inspiration or whatever. He was saying, he's like, do you think when you're committing adultery, mm-hmm. you think God's not there? Like, he's like, my, my, you know what I mean? Like, do you yeah. think God leaves you? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> God's like, think, I'm just going to um, go stand in this corner. You yeah, go yeah, ahead yeah, and yeah. do your thing. <laughs> and, uh, I'm a closet, you know what I mean? He's like, no, like he like put it straight. He's like, Jesus in the sheets. You know what I mean? Like you need to, you need to be careful. And so that was kind of like, whoa, like even when I like screw up, even when I have these moments where it's like, am I, am I know I should be doing better. God's still there and God still loves me so much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then, so that's kind of the nightmares to daydreams is like the, the turning of like, whoa. Um, so if you listen to the album, it's actually, it starts with the song nightmares to daydreams about like, I have all these issues. I have all these problems yet. Like God's still there and loves me. And so the whole album is like a story of a turning of mindset almost. Mm-hmm. And it's like the first couple of songs are like the mindset I used to have. And I made those songs like in that mindset and then it kind of turned and like um, the song Don't Deserve I did with my homie Preston Holland is kind of like the, it's a whole song that we wrote. Um, well, he wrote it actually. I just fell in love with it. I was like, this is perfect. And uh, I was like, whoa, like it's kind of like the turning point of like, we don't deserve God's love. It's so overwhelming and overpowering uh, overpowering and so it's just like like it's incredible so yeah yeah, basically long answer to a short question but yeah that's awesome awesome okay so uh, talking about music um well you just you brought up the album the nightmares to daydreams and that was your debut right my debut album okay So you had the brighter was like your first hit, mm-hmm. right? And then nightmares of daydreams followed that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So I had released, I released eight out of the twelve songs on the album. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to some uh, singles before I put the album out, just because I've learned that singles are a way to keep people's attention. Mm-hmm. And so then when I released the album, it had been. It was funny, like, when I released the album, people were like, yo, I love your new song, Brighter. Like, yo, I love your new song, Breaks My Soul. I was like, I released those, like, you know, a year mm-hmm. ago, like, eight months ago. And so, like, um, there's definitely, like, a marketing strategy in that aspect of, like, I learned that re-releasing the, like, songs on the album, like, will catch people's attention. And so it's probably been the number one, like, smartest thing um, I've done as a... Um, I've done as a uh, as an artist producer artist is releasing songs in that way just from a marketing standpoint um but yeah so it went uh brighter 
breaks my soul. Like I think I believe Alabaster Box, Priceless. Um, those were my first little bit. So okay. it's a uh, yeah. And you got your first contract at twelve. My first contract. Music recording contract? Or no, I'm sorry. That's not yeah. what I meant to say. <laughs> oh no, um, yeah, yeah. With the brighter song, that hit the Spotify New Music Friday list. And is that what made it kind of Oh, break? no, no, no. So, yeah, so. Um, or Die, uh, die no, Down. It was, it was my song. It was, uh, yeah. So I had, I believe I made that song when I was, made that song when I was 16. Okay. Die Down. Me and Caleb Cruz wrote this song called Die Down. And I really liked it. It was for my album, Nightmares to Daydreams, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, Eric Heron came up because we had a show here in Michigan. And we were just hanging out. He came up for a few days just to make some music as well. And I showed him the song that I was working on. He's like, yo, I love this. Like, I want this. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was like, let's do it. I'm down. And so um, he, uh, I, you know, we reworked some of the stuff. And he, like, uh, wrote um, his, his uh, verses. And uh, we ended up put, like releasing it through him and on his album, and it made New Music Friday, which was like crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was actually the first time I went by Jude. Okay. I, uh, I was doing by a different name. It was Can my sea light phase. Yeah, yeah. It was. <laughs> we don't need to talk C-Light about it. <laughs> yeah, it was my sea light phase, and so it was pretty. It was pretty rough, and so that was kind of like another turning point of like. So it's it we don't started get to off know? right. What was your name? No. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. It was DJB, and DJ it was DJB. Yes, very rough name. I was 15, 14, 13 or something when I came up with it, and it was like it was supposed to be like I was a DJ. I am a DJ, so it was like DJ like JB it was like supposed to be like the the thing. So like mm-hmm. the J was supposed to be. It was dumb. We don't need to get into it. <laughs> um, my friends still call me DJB. Like that's still like their contact in my in their phones, and it hurts to this day. But we changed it. We're a changed man now, and so we're we're looking up. <laughs> Things are looking up. <laughs> and let's talk about your relationships, your music relationships, because you've mentioned Stephen Malcolm. You've mentioned Aaron Paul. Um, let's mm. first talk about Stephen Malcolm because you said he's like mm. a big brother to you. How did that relationship form? That was interesting. I have some interesting stories now that I'm doing this interview <laughs> and I realize like, yo, like I've had some weird things happen. So it all started when Stephen Malcolm, like five years ago, commented on our youth page. Like, yo, I want to come to an event for y'all. This is before... Stephen Malcolm, I think, was even signed to IBD okay. or anything. And so I didn't see it. Two like years go by. I believe I am I'm 14. And one of my friends, uh, one of my friends was dating one of the girls from my youth group. So he's going through all of our pictures, looking at her, like, oh, what a cutie, right? And then sees the comment and like, yo, Stephen Malcolm, like, like two years ago, like commented on one of our pages like how do we not see this i was like what so i then dm steven with no response because he was massive you know like he had like already like started on off like dang so then out of like hope i i was like because we wanted him to come to our uh or we come to a a, uh, conference event that my my dad was putting on and so i dm mark the bad guy 
who, funny enough, I later on ended up introducing Mark to his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are like good friends now, but I ended up, uh, and then Mark's like, all right, cool. I'll tell Steven you want to come do this event. Steven ends up coming to this event and we become friends. And this is before I have even ever started doing music. And okay. We were friends. And then um, from there on, we uh, we started working on, we, uh, uh, then we're just like, we were just friends in the fact of like, not even about music, just like, we were cool. And he was just an awesome guy. Um, and then it kind of blossomed into a music relationship because I didn't know him and he helped me through some phases of pretty, you know, corny phases. But uh, definitely I, I put in the work and I think he saw that and respected it. So um, that's kind of what led to us doing our first songs together. I believe now, believe now we're dropping our sixth or seventh song together. Something I can't remember. Something like that on uh, next Friday. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. So when you originally met him, you were you dabbling in music at all or not no? at all? Wow. No, I was not even interested. It was a weird thing to think about, like me doing <laughs> music. Um. So yeah, it was I, not even the slightest. Like okay. people, people like kind of like laugh, like like looking or like people laughed at me. Like I want to do music. You know what I mean? Because I was never even a little bit involved in that world yeah. at all. So, yeah. Now, how important do you think relationships are in this industry? Like the friendships that you have with Steven? Um, I think relationships in this industry, relationships make the industry to me. Like, mm. but you have to be very cautious. Um, I definitely ran into people and been close to people that kind of like we're only using me to get to the next level Mm -hmm. or um and then also there's a lot of mentally unstable people (laughs) in the music industry which uh is very and like mentally unhealthy just because they are artists and they they uh they grieve in different ways and so Mm -hmm. relationships can be very interesting in the music industry and so keep a small circle that will support you no matter what and even through your mistakes and they will call you out for your mistakes and make sure that you get back right and so uh which has happened a few times with me and I appreciate it so yeah I think I think relationships are important um and uh, I think I think the way I approach relationships like early on too is what kind of made me um it aided me a lot in becoming um, kind of where I am right now, where um, I approached it like, you know what? I'm hitting these people up and they owe me absolutely nothing. They don't owe mm-hmm. me their time. They don't owe me their French, you know, their friendship. They don't owe me their love. They don't owe me their respect. Like they owe me absolutely nothing. I am, you know, a 15 year old in his bedroom. You yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah. Okay. And so, when people try to approach you for relationships, do you find yeah. yourself now trying to decipher their how genuine they are and what their purpose is? Or do you just let it happen and just, you know, it's in God's hands that they try to screw me over or whatever? I think, I think one, it's all about how someone approaches you. Um, I think if they DM you the first time and it just says, yo, let's collab, that's pretty like straightforward. Mm-hmm. um of it being a shallow relationship um 
but uh, I think that if people are genuine and which for me, there's nothing wrong with saying, yo, let's collab. It's just not a, a, a relationship. It's a business transaction. Almost, yeah. you know what I mean? And so, um, but uh, I think it's about approaching it with the right mindset. Um, if people approach me with the right mindset, it's different. Um, but uh, I think, I think you have to approach people with an opportunity as well of like, um, okay, I'm approaching this person with a, I know to be a very good song that it's in their pocket in their genre that their fans will like, you know what I mean? Or I'm approaching them with an opportunity. Like I'm going to like something like you can't just expect people to give you something for nothing. You know yeah. what I mean? So coming with that mindset. Okay. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about you being the owner of the Bigger Dreams Club. Hey. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> that was awesome. Hey. Nice reveal. Hey. Nice reveal. <laughs> 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 For those who are just strictly listening, he did a little chair spin. He's in a little swirly chair. He did a little swirl. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then the Bigger Dreams logo just popped up. That's awesome. You say. <laughs> So how did you even get into clothing and merch and all that? That was really interesting. So I released the song, Bigger Dreams. It did very well. Uh, one of my favorite songs I ever released, which, by the way, Remix is dropping July 17th. So quick plug. <laughs> um, and so uh, it was interesting. So I made my one of my first like rounds of merchandise, which was just a white tee that said... Um, that said Bigger Dreams Club, because I thought it was funny. It was kind of like a rip off of anti-social social club. Okay. And um, like just as a joke or whatever. And it literally, uh, I had hoodies and shirts and they both sold out in a week. And I had probably over 50 to 60 of each. Oh. And which is like, yeah. So like, it just did really well because like of the design, like not because people were, you know, a huge fan of mine, but because they actually liked, how I designed them and I was like oh this is cool and then so recently here let me turn it down a little bit here recently I released this which is like the second round of merch here Um, the smiley face from my (laughs) uh my album haven't slept and so these are tie-dye and then we have bleach dye shirts as well uh for the collection two of bigger dream slab so I actually turned it into an actual brand um because it did so well now, when you released the first um, T-shirt design, how did you market that? Um, I so I I did it. I uh, uh, I brought it to an event. It did very well, and the people wore that. And then I think the word just spread from there. I also obviously marketed it on social media, mm-hmm. and um, and that was kind of like the main the main two ways is just like people wearing it, people posting about it, people telling other people, people showing other people. And also another thing is I have very, I'm very picky with like clothes that I wear. And then, so the shirts that, um, uh, my, my shirts, all of my shirts, except I believe this one are champion. This is actually like, this is a launch thing. This is like Bella canvas, but it's still Mm -hmm. soft and nice. So I like, I like thicker shirts. And so I didn't ever want to release anything that like people would only buy because it had my name on it. I wanted yeah. like, okay, like, yo, if you're working through Urban Outfitters, if you're working through H&M, you know, whatever, wherever you shop, I don't even know. 
if you're walking through and you see that shirt, like, yo, I need that shirt because it's fire. Like, yeah. I don't want, I don't want that shirt because like, whose it is, I want that shirt because it's freaking heat. And so <laughs> that's kind of the aspect I like approached it. It's like, I want it to be very high quality. Um, and I want it to be, I want it to be something that everyone would like wear it like a lot as well. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So what are your goals with the bigger dreams club? Um, there are no like serious, like I want, this is where I want it to end. Um, I definitely want to start releasing more. In fact, I am releasing, uh, kind of like a second round of collection two, uh, some hoodies and hats, uh, in about two weeks. So I'm mm-hmm. excited about that. Um, but I think just like staying consistent with it and more releasing it. And I feel like the more, the more I build the brands, the more people enjoy it. Um, it's been cool because to see there's been a lot of uh, different people that have uh, worn it and uh, posted about it. Uh, Ruslan is one. Um, Alex uh, Dion Wilson, I believe I'm saying his name right. He's a uh, huge uh, Christian TikToker okay. influencer. And then uh, Nick D is another one. And so there's all those three people have definitely supported it and posted about it and it's just been it's been interesting to see um all the different people that have actually for me it be, it it kind of became something only because people did support it so much mm-hmm. um it wasn't just something that I like envisioned it was kind of just something that I did and people loved it and then so I'm just I'm just gonna keep going until people don't love it anymore I guess yeah so, yeah okay awesome and you mentioned the shirt you have on is from your latest release, Haven't Slept yeah. with yes. Black Beats. So yes. how, let's talk about, um, yeah, let's talk about that. You pairing up with another music producer. Yeah. How does that work? That's kind of rare to see two music producers on to one see album. Two music producers. Yes. A collab. <laughs> it's definitely very interesting. Yeah. Um, so that happened because me and him are very close, very close, good friends. His real name is Tony. Okay. <laughs> so that's how I know him. Um, you don't call him so Black Beats? I don't. I don't. I don't <laughs> hit him. He's not. He's not Black Beats in my phone. I don't call him. I don't hit him like what's up, Black Beats? It's Tony. <laughs> and so, but he's he's been a cool friend to me um, for a while. He uh, mixed. He missed. He mixed and mastered my Nightmares to Daydreams album. Okay. And he did executive production on it. So he did like basically making sure it was top notch level. Um, and he's very, very good. I love his ear. I trust his his instincts when it comes to music. And so we were just working on like a bunch of different stuff. And like, yo, like, uh, like, why don't we, why don't we release all this together? And why don't we build uh, like the Black Beats brand as well at the same time? And so he was like, I'm. I'm down. And so uh, we uh, we released this album called Haven't Slept and it's doing super, super good. And so um, it's definitely been an interesting time to release it with everything in the world going on. Um, being that it released, it released, I believe, two or three days before George Floyd. Oh, so okay. it was definitely interesting after releasing it and me being who I am and being like, dang, I can't market this album that I've worked on for eight months out of respect. And yeah. so it was a very interesting time. 
And then to go back, like, I was like, all right, do I now put money to market an album that's, you know, a month and a half old? Or do I focus on the future? So definitely a lot of interesting things going on. Um, what did but, you decide? Uh, I, I decided that <sighs> I believe I'm going to focus on the future. Okay. So, um, not that I, I dislike the album. Yeah. I was just like, you know what? I think it's time because I'm very excited what's coming next. So a lot of okay. interesting interesting moves are uh, coming up. So, yeah. Yeah. The, um, it was a, this whole time period right now with George Floyd, with the Black Lives Matter um, being yeah. popular now and just the yeah. protests going on for content producers it really is like okay what do yeah. we do like walking do on we... edge shows yeah. especially especially <laughs> as as a white guy from midland michigan living in the cornfields um so not that i am not around black culture um a lot because i'm in black culture in the sense of i'm a hip-hop producer yes but it's just interesting to um it's just like an interesting space to be in for sure Never want to be disrespectful. Never want no want to know who I am. I feel like I I keep mentioning that over and over in this interview, but I want to know who I am and what I am. And uh, so it's de- yeah, it's definitely a very very careful time. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how does God's presence look like in your life musically? My life musically, um, like I said earlier, I think it's the same answer of of favor. Okay. Uh, I've met people that are very high up in the music industry at a young age, and I've learned a lot from different people. Um, so I think favor has played a huge part in that. Um, and I think God definitely has some kind of plan for me to be in the music industry at some level. Um, I don't know if that's as an artist, producer, I don't know what that is yet. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, uh, I think God's presence is kind of, kind of he, when it comes to uh, how am I going to make it? So, yeah. Okay. So we're going to move on to the section called the four song breakdown. Okay. So usually the artist raps or recites a verse and discusses what's going on in between the lines of the song story. Um, yes. Being that you're a producer, we're going to yes. go do it a little bit differently. Okay. But we'll just mainly focus on um, the song story, um, production, and some of them, you know, if you co-produced it with anyone, you're writing. Because you do it all, even though we mainly don't really hear you vocally. Right, right. So um, the four songs that I selected for you are Brighter, Priceless, Stone Cold, and Getting Up. Mm, good so, songs. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll start with Brighter. What's the song story with that? So Brighter, uh, I was, like I've, I've said before, I was 15. I was messing around on GarageBand. No, I think, I think it might have been. I think I had just gotten Logic. Okay. And, so prior to that, you were just using GarageBand? Yes. And okay. so um, I just got in Logic. And it's funny, the beat kind of sounds a lot different than it does now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I was just messing around, and we, it was a very, very simple beat. All of the melodies are the same. Like, they're literally like 
the bass melody, the synth melody, the horn melody. It's literally all of the, like, I don't know if you realize, like, the production is extremely simple, but the melody was just super, super catchy. So, um, uh, yes, yeah, so then we just added, like, I think there's only, like, three different drum sounds. Um, and so you can definitely hear, like, the now, like, and to compare it to like Stone Cold, like the complexity of Stone Cold and getting up compared to like brighter is so much different because I'm so much more experienced now. Um, but uh, so it was like, so brighter, very simple, very easy um, and uh, very, but yeah, like very catchy. And um, did you do any of the songwriting on it as well? Yes. Yeah, so I I co-wrote um, I co-wrote the actual hook. So like only one. Like uh, I co-wrote that, and then the uh, the uh, verse, uh, the second verse. Um, I did not co-write Jay Monty, Aaron Cole, or Stephen Malcolm's verses because they were and are way better writers than I am. So why would I ever want to interfere in what they're doing? Because I trust them completely. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't even want to interfere almost, you know what I mean? And you talked about how you got, I mean, you have the relationship with Stephen Malcolm and then mm. you said you text Aaron Cole, but Jay Monty, how did you mm. get Jay Monty on the track? Jay Monty is interesting. So I'd listened to Jay Monty for a while. Um, but I literally just DM'd him on Instagram, like, before. This is also, like, you know, two years before, like, the Testify series that he did. And um, before he really started releasing. This is still when he is, like, under contract from Sony. And he's, like, sold his soul to Sony, like, at the time. So, like, um, this is still. And he, the other crazy thing I think about, too, is, like, he doesn't do features for, like, anybody. Like, you know what I mean? And so it was definitely interesting. And uh, and it was his support was like a lot. And so uh, he's definitely, definitely a cool guy to know. Okay. So he really does features and you just DM'd him and he was like, I'm down. He's like, he was like, I'm down. Let's do it. Um, well, there's that there favor there right was, there. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so um, the, the funny thing is, is I sent him. So he was the first person I hit out. I made the beat. I was like, for, which is so funny looking back, but it's not his style at all. Like, it's like not like he's very gringy. Like his production, you know, is very like, like, like uh, raw almost. Is, and so this is like a pop beat that basically, and I sent it off to him. He's like, all right, let's do it. And he, I think it was like, I think it took him four or five months or something like that. And I'd almost forgotten about it. And like, he, I literally was walking through a van store. I remember I got the email. I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot. And I click it and I'm listening in a van store. And I'm like walking around a van store. just like, this is incredible. People are staring at me. And I was like, whoa, like this is a decent song. And then, so I remember I sent it to um, my other, my collaborator uh, for the actual per person that sings on the hook. And I was like, look, like, check this out or whatever. Oh no. I, so I don't know if you have heard of the producer juice bangers. I tested the juice bangers and yeah. was like, yo, I want to, uh, I want to get someone on the hook. And he connected me with the guy and he, and that guy got me the hook back and, uh, and literally like under 24 hours. So I went from having nothing 
to in 24 hours having this like hit song you know that we wrote together so it was like what the heck and then two days later is when I went out to lunch with my friends and I was like I'm gonna hit up I was like this song's so good like I really believe in it so I'm gonna hit them up and see if they're down and they were like let's do it Okay, so then you had Jay Monty first, and then yes, you hit Jay Monty was the oh first. Yes, that's so that's even crazier because oh, yeah. I'm thinking the other two were on it. Jay, he has he doesn't know you, so he's like, okay, Fine. you know, maybe that gave him you know some, you know, yeah. you got Steven, you got Aaron. Okay, I'll consider getting on this. No, so no. he just heard the song and was like, he no, he it. didn't even hear the song. He heard what? the instrumental. Wow, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was it was looking back on it now <laughs> it was definitely god's favor like very interesting for sure so let's talk about the song story with priceless so priceless is very very interesting so um it's like my song don't deserve where i had very 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 little to do with it i just fell in love with it and so juice bangers actually produced it and uh, a friend of mine wrote it, and I just like connected with it so much and loved it. And they really didn't have any plans for it, and I was like, I want it. Like, let me, let me like check it out. Which is like so funny. Like, this happens a lot to me, where it's like a lot of people hear songs that I've created, and, like yo, let me use it for my album. And I kind of was like, I just loved the song so so much. So I was like, please let me use this. And so I. Uh, I uh, I kind of like purchased the song from them. I was like, this is incredible. Like, I love it so much. And so um, they were cool enough to let me do that. And um, it just fit the story of my album and it just fit the vibe. And so I got my homie, Keyson Furlough, to put a verse on it to kind of match the vibe of uh, what it was going to. And it just sounded, it sounded, the final product is, Priceless is probably my favorite song I've, I've ever released under myself, which is funny because I didn't do much. To, I didn't have much to do with it, but it was it was just such an incredible song, and I loved it so much that I was like, "Dang, this is this is like everything I want to be when I grow up." So <laughs> I loved it. So, I mean, you yeah. have some relationships with some incredibly like fire artists like you just said oh yeah Keyshawn Furlow like oh yeah Keyshawn Furlow is one of like probably one of my like I don't say closest but one of like my like coolest guys like um I definitely try to be there for him and like some some tough times he's gone through and he's just a super incredibly talented person and very amazing like human being and so um, he actually was just, he's actually just in Flint a couple, uh, a couple months ago. And so I went down there and we, we kicked it and made some songs and, um, he's just like another level of talent. So, yeah. Yeah. I interviewed him, had the pleasure a long time ago. <laughs> mm. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a cool guy. Yeah. Hey, let's talk about Stone Cold. Okay, yeah. Song so story with Stone, Stone Cold. Stone Cold. Let me, let me get all my facts straight here. Mm-hmm. Stone Cold. So I, uh, me and my homie Black Beats Tony, 
uh we made this this beat uh that we really really liked and vibed with we uh we kept going back and forth on like songs we wanted to send to certain people because we kind of had the whole idea of uh haven't slept before we even like sent it out to work with our other people we're like you know what we want to get these certain people on these songs and have these vibes like we literally had like a sheet of like probably 10 different songs and like one of them was like, all right, we want to get one featuring, you know, Caleb Cruz and Stephen Malcolm and Aaron Dews and with this vibe. And then we we're like, all right, we also want to get one, you know, featuring, you know, this person, this person, this person with this vibe. And that's kind of how we went about it. And so we made a couple different beats of how we wanted the song to sound like with Caleb and Stephen and Aaron. And it just, uh, st- and that beat was the winner. And so we sent it, sent it to Caleb first. Caleb, me, I love working with Caleb so much. He's so, so talented. And so he knocked out the hook. And then me and Steven had a session planned because um, he's from Grand Rapids. He's two hours south of me. Okay. And so Where exactly drove, are you in Michigan? I'm in a little place in the middle of nowhere called Midland, Michigan. Okay. And so uh, I don't know if you know of the Michigan hand map. No. Uh, but uh, <laughs> this is what Michiganders do. Or show okay. Me be like i live right here okay and this is where i live and then this is where he lives got it and so but yeah i just taught you something there I <laughs> you did midland hand this is the michigan hand map yeah michigan so i would say i say this is the i live in the third knuckle here around there. <laughs> okay but but yeah so he lives about two hours south of me um and so drove down and we uh we made Stone Cold and then the songs that were dropping in two weeks. So, or no, not, not in two weeks. It's next Friday now. Oh, cool. um, and so Stone Cold. Um, and then we then we believe we sent it over to Aaron Dews, who I didn't even know very well at the time. Now he's like a cool like homie of mine. Um, he was a friend of uh, Tony's. Okay. And, it, and so uh, he sent it over. He killed his verse and we were super, super excited about it. And uh, we released it and it did very well. Um, Steven pushed it like and did a dance video to it, which was like awesome. And so um, that went that went really well. Yeah. And you said that you did two songs with Steven, one you're about to release. So this one that you're about to release is a part of the new music that you're focusing on for the future funny no it's not yeah. like no so this new music that i'm focusing on for the future has let's just say like in the next two months or so there's going to be a very very big announcement that no one's expecting at all okay and so um it's definitely is an interesting pocket to be in so actually um the next few songs i'm releasing is kind of just like i want them released so i'm almost like quote unquote getting them out of the way for what's coming and so um yeah so definitely uh so like this is the bigger dream remix it's kind of be like my summer anthem kind of feel but uh but yeah yeah okay and then getting up Mm -hmm. song story with that and that's crazy and still like i grew up on dream junkies and i grew up like like I was, I was that kid at the front of Lecrae and Andy Mineo concert. Like I was that little white kid with a Toby <laughs> Mac hat on. It was like the flat bill. 
and the giant like neon like shirt for no reason. <laughs> and so to get to work with John Gibbs was just kind of like like shell shocking just to somebody I listened to growing up. Um and then Grand Ace, excuse me. Oh, Grand Ace, super, super talented guy from Nashville. He was a uh, one of my homie. Uh, it was uh, Black Beats' friend, and okay. so um, he he killed the first verse. And uh, and then Jalen has been someone. Jalen Sean, if you ever heard of him, he's amazing. Um, yeah. And uh, he's out of Atlanta, I believe. But I've known him for a few years, not close or anything, but we've just been kind of like good like acquaintances. And um, then I, I hit him up. I was like, yo, it's time. We need to get one. Like, uh, I can't, like, and so he's like, bet, let's do it. And so um, I've, I've been a huge fan of Jalen for a while. Um, he has a song called Sandcastles that I really, really liked. Okay. Um, he has uh, another one called Strawberry and Wine. And then he was actually on the, the Reach Christmas Project. Oh, okay. He had a really, really good uh, verse on that. So um yeah, I, I've been a I've been a fan of his for a while. And uh it's definitely funny to like when you go through your music, like for me, I go through my music on Spotify and it's like, whoa, like all these people save, like all this like music saved or like I like know them like personally and it's weird. It's like, whoa, like just normally like that doesn't happen for a lot of people. So it's no. like it's just like very, very weird. It's like, yo, like I could text them right now. You know what I mean? Like it's just uh, it's definitely a weird thing to get used to still. So it's, yeah. it's also kind of speaks to the importance of speaking things into existence and writing things down and, Oh yeah. So, so God can make it happen because like you said, you wanted to have Stephen Malcolm and Aaron Cole on a song and it happened. Um, yeah. you know, for me personally, when I first started this podcast back in 2013, I had a dream list of artists that I wanted to interview and I wrote all of those names down on a whiteboard. I'm a whiteboard, whiteboard person like you. So I wrote all those names down on a whiteboard. And then like two years later, I'm looking at the board and I'm like, I've literally have interviewed everyone on here with the exception of like, like Lecrae and Andy (laughs) Mayo. But other than that, like every single person I had on my dream list, I got to interview. That's incredible. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Speak it into existence, write it down, make it happen. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So that was everything um, off of, well, the last two songs were off of Haven't Slept with Black Beat. So if yes. no one has heard yes. that yet, check it out. And we can Please. also. I'm trying to buy my mama mansion. <laughs> <laughs> And we have um, a lot of new music to look forward to from you coming up. A lot, a lot, a lot of new music, yes. So that pretty much wraps up everything that I had to ask you. Um, I would like to know, who would you like to see me interview next? Who would I I like to see you interview next? Yes. Huh, man. I don't even know. I'm trying to think of some friends that I have. Um, and Juice Bangers would be really, really entertaining. I'm not gonna lie. Juice Bangers, okay. I'm familiar with his music, but I don't know him. Yeah. Yeah, he he's a super funny guy. 
Okay. Um, yeah, so that'd be interesting. Uh, obviously, there's Steven. So I um, did have the pleasure of interviewing Steven before he, like, really popped up. I did, like, a, oh, that's popped awesome. off. I did, like, an up-and-comers and featured yeah. him. Um, I definitely want to interview him again. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like that's fire, that. yeah. I would, my vote is definitely still Juice Bangers, though, because me uh me and steven say it a lot it's like we wish we wish juice had his own reality tv show like he is just he's a character so that's my vote for sure i hope you enjoyed the episode please subscribe to our show and if you really enjoy the content please leave a review it really does help with the ranking for all things testimony visit testimonystories.com until next time i'm gilika brown the music lover constantly seeking positive music